What's going on, y'all? So today's guest is now a professional MMA fighter. She just competed in Triton Fights 18 and won by a rear naked choke submission. Her first submission win ever. She talks about her training, talks about her eating, and also talks about her little dog too. So she please welcome my friend, Rebecca the Draft Evans. It's, it's my foundation. It's my faith. It's my work ethic. It's my drive. It's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. Would you ever fight someone that was a friend? Yeah. Because you see that in UFC a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can put the difference, like the, you know, I can separate that. Yeah. That's not an issue with me. Like, I have a couple of friends who are close to the same weight, and if that was the opportunity, then that's the opportunity. You know, the way I look at it is every opponent is the next stepping stone to the next, the next set, the next, the next stage of my career. Yeah. So if it means fighting a friend, it means fighting a friend. Right. So we were actually talking about that this morning in a kickboxing class, the uh, Shevchenko sisters. Right. I'm like, I want to see them fight because they're in the same weight class. Yeah, but the younger sisters is not as at the, at that level. Oh, no. I think Valentina would murder her. But yeah. I think if she was the number, if Anton, Antonina, is that her name? If she was the number one contender mm-hmm. and next in line, I think both of them just knowing Valentina's She's very zeroed in on her fighting. Yeah. That if, hey, what's up, Daisy? If that was, uh, you know, who the next opponent was, I think she would, I think she'd take it. And I think they could separate that for, you know, six to eight weeks. Yeah. And not be sisters for, you know, a month and a half, two months, and then things would be fine. Right. I think they have that that combat mindset where they can, it's, it's not emotional, you know, it's not personal, and that they would fight each other, but. Right. I don't think the younger sister's nearly as good as Valentina, so I don't think that would. Yeah, I don't think she's even close. But it's like when you saw um, Cerrone and Gaethje fight, and supposedly they're good friends. I didn't even know that, but uh, it was just like it, you, they didn't go as hard. It felt like. Well, even Gaethje stopped because he was like, I don't want. He fell like this. he's like I don't want to yeah. keep I don't want to keep hitting my friend like right like just call it now yeah. and the ref didn't so he went in like. I mean, I think that's part of the fight game. Like, eventually you you get around, especially if you're, you know, in the UFC, you're mm-hmm. around each other, you cross-train and stuff like that. You're going to end up becoming friends with people in your weight class, and yeah. sometimes you fight each other. Yeah, it's crazy. But six, what were we, six days, um, like, post-fight, how do you feel? Bloated. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been eating a lot. I don't like how I feel. <laughs> I'm ready to yeah. get back on a diet. <laughs> no, I feel good. I mean, the, I didn't a hundred percent execute the game plan the way we meant to. I got a little excited at the start. Um, yeah, I but, figured that. but as far as, you know, damage taken, I felt fine. Mm-hmm. A little bit of bruising here and there, but nothing, nothing overly significant. Yeah. I mean, most of my muscle soreness came from the drive back up. Right. Being stuck in the car for almost 20 hours. But otherwise, like, I feel, okay, like, when's the next one? Yeah. What's next? I mean, I have that planned out, but I have a grappling match in two months. But, you know, otherwise, like, I feel normal. I'm going to go 
do class tonight and mm -hmm. get some Muay Thai and some grappling in. So have you been looking at any like other places rather than Triton or are you going to try and like stay with them or what? Um, I'm going to go to where the opportunity presents itself. Right. Yeah. Um, ideally I'm looking hopefully July-ish. Mm -hmm. um, just given everyone's schedules and stuff and traveling and, and things like that. That gives me time to kind of be in some sort of a maintenance sort of a mode as far as my weight goes and get some time to get some additional training to fix some of the mistakes and stuff that we had during this fight um, as well as then have time for our fight camp as well. So ideally I'd like July or maybe early August yeah. and then that would give me time maybe again in like October, November. Yeah. Cause I'd like to get at least ideally I'd like two more fights this year. Right. Did you get a chance to watch the fight? Like the replay and stuff? Yeah. So I watched the replay Tuesday morning when it went live. Okay. And then we showed um, the kids in class Tuesday later that afternoon. And then yesterday's MMA class was let's pick apart Becca's fight and uh, critique it. Yeah. And let's, you know, start working on some of the things that we didn't do, mm -hmm. which everyone was too nice to really say too much and i had a whole page of my notes going i didn't do this i didn't do that we need to do this yeah because i mean i'll probably always be the hardest on myself of course let's take a quick break for a second and talk about strong tower nutrition it is my online and vitamin and supplement shop we're striving to open our own store to be able to help you with your personal goals and your lifestyle change these supplements can give you the edge that you need to reach your caloric intake, support your immune system, take care of your gut, and also give you that clean energy that you need throughout the day. So if you want to support Strong Tower Nutrition, you can follow us on Instagram at Strong Tower Nutrition and also visit us online at stnutrition.com. Uh, today's guest is a Strong Tower athlete, so using the code GIRAFFE, G-I-R-A-F-F-E, We'll get you 20% off your entire order. So check us out. Help us reach our goal. Let's get back to the show. But, you know, take the 48 hours to, you know, live in the live in the moment and then right. start picking it apart. And but, again, that's, to, that's what I told you too. Like, that's part of being an athlete is just like you have all this thing, stuff planned in your mind that you want to do. You know, when you talk to your coaches, you talk to your team, you talk about, you know, all these things that you want to do. But then the moment presents itself and you're just like, oh, let's go. You know what I mean? You just get right into it. And then all that other stuff was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It was essentially I didn't. There was supposed to be more like long distance striking in that versus mm -hmm. uh, the amount of wrestling and, and cage work that we did. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those I got real excited and kind of expected to be met more towards the middle of the cage mm -hmm. and where I should have just stopped, I kind of overran that and then went immediately into wrestling, which, you know, I got to showcase my wrestling, my grappling, which I typically haven't been able to do in my previous fights. I've done more defensive type work as far as grappling. Yeah. So, you know, the high note in that is, Hey, look, I can grapple. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when watching the replay, um, I know you're paying attention more to yourself, but did you listen to any of what like the commentator said? Like, do you disagree or agree with anything that they were saying? I mean, I like that they call me a perpetual motion machine. Oh, did they? Yeah, they. I think is the towards the end of the first round, they said I was a perpetual motion machine because I don't stop moving. But yeah, I mean, that's how we train. Going, yeah. I mean, 
you know, a lot of fighters, they don't train the way we do with mm-hmm. the intensity that we do. And, you know, we, we don't get tired. That's not part, you know, I think Sean would disown us if we got tired because we didn't train hard yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're always moving, always working because if I'm doing something, that means they either have to defend or, you know, counter it. Yeah. So I'm not going to stop just because I might not be in the, the best position. Right. Um, I mean, the commentary was fine. Like I didn't really, and nothing really stood out. Okay. I mean, I know like compared to like my first fight where the commentary was just, I don't know what Trash. you were talking about. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've been lucky the the fights, you know, from two and now, you know, first professional fight, the commentary, the commentary team actually has some sort of the martial arts background or they've, you know, right, done right. commentary before. So that's always nice that like they understand like, you know, Hey, we're in half guard or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, what would I do if I was in that position? What would, you know, they offer, um, like what they would do if, you know, if they were in my position or her position. And I, I like listening to the stuff like that. Kind of like when you hear like Joe Rogan, because he's a black belt in jujitsu where you have, yeah, that's why they have like yeah. Dominic Cruz or DC on, DC, like yeah. you have people or Paul Felder. Um, you have people that actually, really know what's going on in the cage because they've been there right and that's why the guys were like listening to dc and stuff because they could hear him talking and they're like dc where's my uh advice or whatever you know they're trying to listen to him talk because there's no fans or anything yeah which but in your case it was packed yeah it was packed like it was i mean you could still easily hear um both corners mm-hmm. i mean i have no problem ever hearing my corner yeah i mean like i'm just I'm tuned into, you know, what Sean's saying and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like you hear her corner and there, there were some people on our side that were, you know, yelling out advice to her and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, you hear it, but you know what to filter in, filter out. Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to jujitsu. Same thing. It's like when people call out stuff, that's a little bit too obvious. Yeah. It tends to hurt the fighter yeah. more so than help them because okay well you're telling them to go directly go do something i'm gonna then stop them from doing that right it makes sense and that's why sean's like, like punch her punch her now yeah. like <laughs> or throw knees or wizard or underhook or this yeah, or that yeah, like yeah. and that's why sean's you know it's he doesn't have to he doesn't coach in that way mm-hmm. because if he does then you're kind of laying on to what you want to do do you guys have like codes we've for some combination yeah okay do you Not, switch them up every fight or you keep them the same um, I mean, it depends. Like, we're, there's certain combos that we work because of the, you know, of a particular fighter because mm-hmm. we know it, it would work better. Yeah. Um, and then there's some that we've just had, you know, going for a while now, so we keep them the same. I mean, we've never actually used them. Yeah. But okay. we, we use it more for like warm ups and stuff like that. Right. It's easier for him just to call it this, and I know what the combo is. Okay. But it's never gotten to the point to use him in the fight, especially this fight because it was so much um, cage and groundwork. Yeah. I didn't really get a chance to do any of the long striking combos that we practiced for 12 weeks. <laughs> right. Exactly. But hey, you can always use that for another fight though. Exactly. You know I mean? Like, And they're not combinations that's like, oh, well, they're out the window now for the next one. Yeah. They're just combos that flow well with me. Right. And, you know, we give them goofy nicknames and stuff because now, I, you know, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. So we need them after... Larry and stuff like that. Right. Because I know it, that combo works on Larry. Right. So. So besides your win, like what would be your most memorable moment throughout this whole trip? Throughout the trip or throughout the entire fight camp? Or both? Yeah, let's do both. Let's mm-hmm. do both. 
Like something different that you learned or I don't know, something like that. I mean, as far as like the fight goes, um, you know, the, my past, my last two amateur fights were essentially pro rules, but at three minutes. So mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, as far as like the fight goes and the rules, wasn't much different. It was just, okay, now instead of three minutes, we're going five minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's definitely that focus on that cardio and making sure that was there because we go for, you know, we have to be prepared for all three rounds, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think the big standout is being able to say I'm the first professional female representing Delaware. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. There's, yeah. I mean, there's a couple other girls that were getting close and yeah. I just the way things worked out, I get to claim that title before anyone mm-hmm. else representing Delaware gym because not technically from Delaware, but right. you know, I'm living here and I've been out of a gym for almost eight years now. So it's crazy to think that I get to be the first in that. And I got to claim a bunch of other firsts for Triton. Yeah. Um, given that it's their, it was their first pro card you know, being the first pro female to enter the cage. And again, that part of that was just luck with with the way the card got set up. Right. Right. We got to be the first, um, female fight and being blue corner, you go out first. So I got to be clean, you know, going out to to the cage first and being part of the first female pro fight, um, getting the first, uh, finish or submission win for the night as well as female submission finish win. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool too. So a lot lot of firsts for the first state. And your first submission. Yeah, my win. first submission. That was pretty cool. Honestly, I. it's one of those, like, if you hunt submissions too much, you get too overly focused. Yeah. So we weren't crazy, you know, worried about that. We definitely knew we wanted to get a finish. Mm-hmm. But to be able to get a, you know, to actually get a submission was really cool, especially because I never had that in my amateur career. So to kick off my pro career with a finish, let alone my first submission one, was, was fantastic. So what's going kind of going through your mind, like after you get hit a little bit, after you hit her a little bit, do you, um, (laughs) (coughs) sorry, coffee went down the wrong, do you kind of like try and guess what she's going to do, but like, okay, I see where you're going with that. Or like you guess her like mentality, be like, oh, she's not there. Like, you know what I mean? She's tired. She's, she's weak. Like. Not just with this fight, but with any fight. I mean... Do you try and guess that at all, or...? No, I am I mean, if I'm doing that, then I'm thinking too much. Yeah. I mean, I go out there to execute my game plan, mm-hmm. and that's my focus. Right. You know, if I'm worried about her getting tired, then I'm not worried about what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's certain things like, okay, like, I can feel, like, their strength level, or, like, I can feel if they start getting fatigued. Like, you, you, you recognize that. Yeah. But that's not your sole fo- focus. Like mm-hmm. you recognize it to then continue to execute your game plan. Like, okay, so they're tired or maybe they're, their mouth's open or something like that. Let me throw an uppercut or something like Like you use it to to help, but you're not – that's not your sole focus there. Right. Because you don't want to get yourself out of that that flow state or like that, that zone mentality. Yeah. Because the minute you start worrying about them, you're not worrying about you. Right. And that's your – you know – I think when I was watching, and I think it was towards the end of, um, like the the middle of the first and second round, where she was sitting down and she went like this, and she looked over at you, and I was like, "She's done, man." Like I think that to the minute that you do that, because it reminded me of like one of the Rocky movies, where the dude's looking at over at him, like he just keeps looking at him, you know what I mean, to see what he's doing. I'm like, I think if you 
I think if you do that, that moment I saw her look at you, I was like, yeah, Becca's got this. You know what I mean? I don't know how it was going to happen. But I just knew, like, I think mentally that girl was struck a certain way. Um, but, and that comes from me. Like, I've, I've seen that, you know. I've been around athletes for a long time, and I've played sports. I've, you know, been around sports my whole life. And when I when I see that, I could kind of tell when someone's mentally just not there anymore. Going into it, yeah, everyone's going to be that way. Everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to get a knockout when you first go in. But once you start, once you get that first hit, and you're that really tells you like, oh shit, can get, I do this? Get in, get out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, like even if you watch, like I love watching um, the professional fights. Like if you watch like a UFC. Um, especially if it's like the main car where they actually used to like mic up the corners and stuff like that. You can tell a lot about a fighter, especially if it goes, you know, beyond that first round, how they're mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. Like you can just, you can see it in their eyes and their body language. And I think if you're watching fight team, that's just as important watching them on the stool than it is, you know, whatever that they're doing during the round. Yeah. You get a lot, you know, are they frustrated? Are they tired? Are they upset? you know, what's going through and then is that a consistent thing throughout their fight? So it's just as important to see them between rounds as it is during the rounds. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, we don't sit down because, I mean, I don't, you know, you practice how you want to perform. Mm-hmm. I don't sit down during rounds and, you know, when we're sparring. So that's another big thing, too. Like, I know they said that on the commentary that I wasn't sitting down. Like, yeah. I never sit down. So. Right. Because <laughs> to me, I mean, if you sit down and then when you get back up, like, you feel how tired you are. And I yeah. never even realized that. I thought it was more of like a um, like a scare tactic or intimidation thing. No, I mean I I don't I don't do it in sparring. Yeah. Why am I going to do it in the fight? Like it's you know why why change it for the fight? Right. Yeah. You know, because who I forget who it was was it, they were explaining it to me. And they were like, yeah, you know how like if you had a, like a hard workout and you sat down, like you don't want to get back up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're right. I go through that all the time. <laughs> Like if you're doing legs or something, then that you have to go sad. back to squats. And then... Oh, it was Heather. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, some people, yeah, it might it might intimidate other people. Like, oh my gosh, she's not sitting down. But I mean, it's just, I don't do it. Yeah. I don't need it. And, you know, it's the same thing as like when we walk out, you know, I'm not hugging my corners or anything. It's just, you know, that's for after. I'm yeah. not, you know, a huggy kind of person. Right. And because when I was getting my, uh, they put Vaseline on your face. Before he went, he gives you, you get five touches. I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't need no touches. Right? <laughs> I was like, I don't right, care. Nah, I'm good. No, nah, like we, we've just never done that. That's never been like a, I was in a van with them all the way here, so yeah. I'm good. I'm around them all the time. <laughs> they get a hug afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big hugger. I'm not a, um, I don't know, super affectionate person. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. And you do your tie thing where you're like that. Yeah, thing. before you take the Mongol off, you know. You do a little bow. Yeah. That's about as far as we go because we don't, you know, do the typewriters or anything. But, right. you know, I, I do that. That's about as cl- close as we get. You know, I was thinking, I was like, I don't see a lot of amateurs that are, like, well-versed in that kind of thing. You know, that see it as, like, an art. Well, that's the difference you know I mean? between a fighter and a martial artist. Right. Not all. I mean... Not all fighters are martial artists, put right. it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a clear distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. And I think martial artists can be fighters, but not all fighters are martial artists. Right, I agree. And you see 
just in general how people carry themselves mm-hmm. and the way that they actually respect the art. Yeah. Or arts with MMA. And they respect the cage in general when they like bow before they go in or they do something before they they enter the cage. You know, they respect the vicinity. Yeah, and like that that's part of the reason I bow before I get in the cage. Like I don't you know, that to me like I don't do it all the time getting on and off that mats. But um I actually kind of picked that one up from Rousey because she was talking about in her book that that's kind of her nod to the traditional martial arts. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. I kind of yeah. kind of stole that from her. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always bow for getting the cage because I want to always present myself as a martial artist first and a fighter. Right. Because I think given my position at the karate school, like I'm a role model as well. Yeah. And I want to show them that martial arts can take you to here. Right. So what is your... Uh, mindset kind of like getting ready to go into a fight you know because you get like pretty intense you know like this fight you chose to like go with I'm going to take her soul I'm like dear lord you know what I mean like uh, where where does your mind go does it go to somewhere different than you are as like a regular person yeah I mean like it to me a fight camp means not just being disciplined, but it's like being disciplined to the nth degree. Like mm-hmm. it, it needs to be over the top. Yeah. Because in my mind, I need to be doing anything and everything to get ready for this fight. I never want to look back and say, yeah, you could have done that. And that may have helped. Mm-hmm. Like I never want to look back and have to, you know, have to say that. So the, the taking souls things is actually a David Goggins thing. Um, I re-listened to his book because I was, not feeling quite as disciplined as I normally did. Mm-hmm. And part of it really came down to I didn't have to cut as much wheat. And I had a lot more time to cut the wheat. So there's something to be said about that, you know, being super strict on the weight cut. And then I'm like, well, I don't have to be. So, like, I kind of felt like something was missing. Yeah. So I started re-listening to his book. And he offers all these different challenges and stuff. And one of the chapters is on taking souls. And that was that's where that came from is, you know, you, you make the person do what you want to do. You take their soul. Right. And... That was kind of the way that we saw the fight mm-hmm. and how it needed to go. Like, you know, for example, after that first round, I took her soul. It was mm-hmm. mine. At, yeah. at that point, I won that fight. Yeah. You know, it, just, it was just the, how do we finish it at that point? And I think that's what she did when she looked at you. She said, did she just take my soul? And then that's yeah. where it came from. And, that, you know, it was, it's that, you know, there's nothing emotional about it. Yeah. But, you know, that's why, you know, to us, this was, was a business trip. Yeah. We got in took the soul we got out like you know we didn't we didn't get a chance to really hang out in florida or do anything we went to a lot mm-hmm. of harley davidson dealerships and stuff like that but yeah. you know that's you know david goggins obviously explained the whole process more so but mm-hmm. it was really with that that i'm like this makes sense this is what clicks for this fight yeah so that's why it sounded a little extreme but there's there's a reason behind it there's you know a fairly educated reason behind it um but yeah, like I mean, I think fight camps need to be disciplined and that yeah, much more, and I'm that much more like you know, everything needs to be in line and perfect. And I don't know if it's like the OCD coming out at me, you know, my, you know, probably two third amateur fight, second amateur fight. I started listening to a lot more of uh, like Jocko and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and his books, and you know, make your bed every day sort of thing. And, yeah that continue on is that little discipline you start your day by making your bed it's just one little thing one task to check off and i like having 
you know, being able to check off my to-do list and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it also helped with, you know, balancing that whole, you know, training schedule, but full-time work schedule Yeah, is being able to be disciplined at work and get my work stuff done and having that balance between that and, okay, now we're going to train and now we're going to do cardio or strength and conditioning or drilling or, you know, whatever, and being able to be disciplined on that without, you know, one overrunning too much into the other. Right. So you would say, uh, so if you look back at your life before fighting, you know, like doing things in your everyday life, how has fighting changed your discipline in just your everyday life from then into now? Would you say more disciplined now than because of fighting? I mean, I don't think I was disciplined really before. Okay. Because if I took the approach that to training that I have now, mm-hmm. and just even if like day to day training, not even like fight camp training, I think you know, looking back to like high school, I should have been ten times the cross country runner that I was, or even after high school when I started doing marathons, I could have probably run way faster. Right. And obviously, a lot of that's just you know, it takes time to train and you know, you do that. But I didn't have the same discipline and it comes down to discipline over motivation because motivation comes and goes right discipline is what stays Mm -hmm. and i think over the past year given the quarantine and pandemics and stuff you know motivation wasn't always there and i had to really teach myself even the past year i think i've become much more disciplined Mm -hmm. and in the past year being able to to go through that and teach myself to keep you know, we got to do this because the goal is bigger than how we're feeling today. Right. And, you know, I even, um, I think Jocko's thing is, uh, discipline equals freedom. Right. And all of your great, you know, Instagram influencers and stuff like that, they'll say the same thing. Like the, the ones that you know, do bodybuilding and stuff, it all comes down to discipline. It's not motivation. Yeah. You know, that day to day is the discipline and martial arts is, and as myself as a martial artist, that's one of the first things you learn is self-discipline right? and being more intrinsically motivated to do things, mm-hmm. which comes from the discipline. Right. And it's all good for the, it's good for the long term, especially when you have a goal in mind. Um, because then say like, you don't want to wake up in the morning, be like, okay, if I don't want to wake up in the morning, I guess I don't really want to be a UFC fighter that bad. Or I don't want to be a professional, whatever that bad. Or I don't want to run a business that bad. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because that's what I always think of when I don't want to do something. I tell myself that. I'm like, oh, well, okay, you don't want it that bad then. No, I agree. And and that's and that was always in my mind because, you know, I'm getting up crazy early in the morning. And it's mm-hmm. like, I want more sleep, but the goal is bigger. Yeah. Goal is bigger than feeling tired. Because as soon as I know, as soon as I get up 10, 15 minutes, okay, I'm going to be awake. Right. You just got to. Turn that light on, get out of bed, Mm -hmm. make your bed, and you get on with your day. Yeah. Sometimes it requires a little extra pre-workout in the morning. But, you know, you just get done. Yeah. And usually, like, I mean, there's very few times during a fight camp that, like, say I go, like, lift or something. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, usually, like, if I didn't want to and I went and did it, like, I still have a good lift. Very rarely I'm like, I'm still tired. But usually that's something else that's going on. Like, you eat a little bit more or something. But, you know, it's... The goal is bigger than everything else. Do you, um, cause I know me and you are both believers in these kind of things. Like, so you said, you mentioned like the make your bed thing. So that's one of the, those kind of like, uh, like what is it? What do they call them? Like things to success 
or like, something like, like that. Keys like keys to success yeah. or something like that. Like one, like start making your bed, whatever. You know what I mean? Do you follow any other of those things? Um, loosely. And part of it's from, you know, I'm picking up, trying to pick up stuff from the David Goggins challenges and stuff like that. Yeah. And he issues little challenges, um, like doing certain to-do lists or making, you know, kind of setting your goals out and things like that. So, Yes, not in like a super rigid manner, yeah, yeah. but I've definitely like added things here and there slowly but surely, but keeping the consistency, mm-hmm. um, like making my bed now, if I don't make my bed, like I, it just, it makes me feel awful. Like right now my bed is not made because, yeah. um, I had to change the sheets and stuff and it just, I know that my bed is not made and it's really bothering me because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it just, it, it's one of those things and it's the same thing that's like packing my bag the night before mm-hmm. and just being prepared and ready to go and, you know, setting myself up for success the next day. Right. And like that kind of stuff. Um, having to do lists and actually, you know, the idea of extreme ownership, that's another Jocko thing of just kind of stepping up and taking, taking control of it. That's really helped both, um, in my training, but a lot with work as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same thing with me. When I when I started bodybuilding, uh, it completely changed my whole life. Whereas, like, I didn't care about anything. I didn't want to do anything. I had no discipline. But then bodybuilding led me to this whole new world of discipline. It was wild, you know. And um, But then I just kept using that stuff. Like, morning routine is my big one. I need a morning routine. I'm a very routine kind of person. If I'm just all willy-nilly, then I'm going to screw up or I'm just going to not, you know, I'm not going to do the things I need to do. Yeah, same. I mean, I hate not having a routine. Mm. Like, even, like, on my weekends, I have a routine. Yeah. And the days that I don't, like, say, like, around the holidays and stuff, I hate the holidays because it throws oh, me off screw, my routine. Oh, they screw it up. Yeah. And it just, it, it, I don't say it, like, gives me anxiety, but I don't like it. I don't like it either. Because then I'm like, well. What am I supposed to be? Like, I feel like it makes me feel lazy, but, and that's where like martial arts has also brought in that, you know, it's given me such a routine. Like yeah. I wake up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I teach a class. And then after that class, I go and do work or on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go mm-hmm. straight to work. But every, you know, every weeknight I'm going and I'm training or I'm teaching or something. And yeah. that, you know, I have the same schedule in fight camp out of fight camp. Yeah. And same thing on Saturdays, like my whole Saturday morning until... 2 two thirty is training or teaching. Yep. And then I can, you know, then I set stuff up for the weekends. But the busier I am, the better I tend to tend to be. Right. On days that I don't give myself something to do. Yeah. That's when I will boardy or yep. just not be productive in some sort of a way. Right. Um I mean, you know, I've been I've been doing this personal trainer course thing and that mm-hmm. was that's been my Sunday thing. Yeah. Is I do a little bit of studying, I reading, and like I really enjoyed it just for the actual learning point. Right. I don't plan on training clients or anything. Right. But just being able to kind of have that in my background um, as an instructor. Mm-hmm. But just being able to you know sit down and read and have structure of okay, I have to read this, and I'm going to do an activity, and I'm going to do a discussion question, and I'm going to take a quiz. Yeah. Like I like having that for my Sundays mm-hmm. and days that you know I don't have anything going on, then I go and do my Amazon flex driving. Right. And that keeps me busy for four or five hours. Yeah, there and you I can go. make money that way. So the days that I, I don't, I tend to be, I don't want to say destructive, but I can be counterproductive and, yeah. you know, get a, that's where like the laziness will come out when I don't have something. So I'm better 
I'm better when I'm too busy than when I'm not. Oh, right. Especially during a fight camp. Like, that, that's part of my discipline thing, too, is, like, I need to have everything marked out for the day and have that schedule every single day. Oh, or, yeah. Or, you know, I go nuts. Yeah, because you also have that goal, that goal that's far ahead that you're shooting for. You know what I mean? I think it's harder when you don't have a goal, you know, which has been my struggle. You know, but for the past month, I've been, like, on my discipline like crazy. You know, and um, like I chose one day out of the week where I'm just going to eat whatever I want because it helps me mentally. And then I use that as fuel for my next workout. Yeah. And you know what I mean, so I know it doesn't just like it's not because I'm lazy. You know, I'm going to use it to for my body to utilize it. Yeah. And like that's where like I'm I started. I mean, from your advice is having that refeed meal mm-hmm. when I needed it. And that really helped, especially the last month for my cut. I was already at weight. Yeah. Which, when I was talking to the pre-fight, uh, the doctor for the pre-fight physical, he's like, oh, how's your weight cut? I'm like, I've been sitting fine for the past three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've actually been eating more. Which kind of threw me out of my loop because I'm like, I'm not used to eating this much. Right. But I was still, you know, either very, you know, doing a little bit of weight loss or fluctuating just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I stayed right with the goal. I mean, I weighed in like four pounds light. Um, but even now, now that, you know, this is my cheat week, so to speak. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't feel good. Yeah. Like, I know, like, yes, it's going to, like, help me with my lifts and stuff. But, like, going, I can't wait till, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish up these, you know, snacks and stuff that people have given me. But I'm like, right. all right, it's out of my system. Like, I'm good with going back to, you know, once a week having that, that meal where I can, you know, eat whatever I want or, you know, not having to worry about, oh, if I eat this. But, like, the, my mentality is mm-hmm. better, I think, because I was in a 12-week cut. Yeah. And it was a less... um strict 12-week cut right where i had some more flexibility to eat more and eating better things and trying different things and see you know and saw what worked for me where like now i'm like okay i'm i'm, I'm done with eating cookies and candy and stuff i'm yeah. like i need to go back to eating regular food yeah like i'm ready to, to start you know going through that sugar withdrawal and then you know getting back to normal so how so it's talking about your weight cut you know, like we just saw that one girl at the UFC like fainted, you know, and then the next day she said she was healthy. I was like, bro, come on. <laughs> um, for Like, you know how I feel about it. You know what I mean? And people could say like, oh, well, bodybuilding's not the same. But I know I'm not using bodybuilding stuff and taking it over. I'm not doing that. Bodybuilding's harsher. The, the mentality in bodybuilding is that you should be ready a week or a week and a half before the show starts. I feel the same way for a fight. I feel like you should already be ready. You should be ready to be at that weight. You know what I mean? Unless you're taking, like I saw one dude, took, he took like the fight like nine days. Um, what, what they, they told him like nine yeah. days. It was like the, nine days or two weeks. Pat Sabatini, where his opponent weighed in like 15 pounds heavy or something. Uh, a couple I don't weeks know. Ago. He's actually a guy out of Philly. But no, took, but there's a guy on the Triton fights. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a guy that took. Yeah. Yeah. He only. He. Yeah. They gave him like nine days notice. Yeah. There's a couple of guys. I think and he won was, in yeah. like the first round. Well, he also <laughs> went up a weight class. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. There's right. one of the guys took the fight on like two or three weeks notice. Right. But he was up a weight class higher than what he normally fought at. Okay. So like his weight still wasn't like it wasn't a crazy cut. Right. But Pat Sabatini, he's a UFC fighter. He took the fight, I think, less than two weeks notice. He made weight. For his regular weight class, and then his opponent came in like 14 pounds heavy mm. with a full fight camp. And they're like, yeah, no. I'm like, 
you know the week of if you're going to make weight or not. And that's why, like, I don't, I mean, we both agree on this, that cutting water weight is, I think, ridiculous. Right. I mean, do I cut water? Yeah. Do I cut, like, five pounds? And that's, mm-hmm. like, an easy, like, hour sweat out session, if yeah. that. Like, that's easy. Like, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort and it doesn't, you know, deplete me of everything. Right. Where some people are cutting, you know, 10 plus pounds. Yeah. Which I think is, like, I've, I've, I've done the, the attempt for 10 and it was obviously it was like I didn't play with my sodium or anything like that, and like it sucked. Like I just wanted to see if I could do it to see if I could do it, which I don't right. know how many people actually go through water cuts just to do water cuts. But yeah, you know, if you know if that was more of a okay, if I ever need to take a short nose fight and had to cut more water, I know I can do that. But I just there's... I think I think people are still in that old way of thinking that wrestlers used to do back in the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be like that. Because I and I also think that um, it comes from a little bit of laziness and procrastination. Oh yeah. Because you don't want to diet, you know. You want to eat what you want to eat, but then oh, I'll just drop water. Like I heard Ben Askren talking um, the other day, and they talked about him making weight. He was like, "Oh, I'll just drop water. Like I'm fine." And that's and again, you're you're talking to a wrestler, but a lot of fighters, I feel like they think they're going to be too depleted during their training if they have to diet. Yeah. Well, if you do it right, then no. Like that's why we lifted heavier towards the end. Yeah, I was hitting PRs on on my lifts. That's what I'm saying. And I know I could do more. Right. You know, like given what I was doing in sparring and what I was doing, you know, lift wise, like I was hitting PRs that you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of back. Like I think the way that we trained for this fight was it had me just so on point. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I don't. I, yeah, like, I agree. It, it's the laziness and it's the lack of discipline. Mm-hmm. I mean, does cutting suck? Yeah. Yeah. But did I ever feel like there's a couple of days here and there? Yeah, like I felt, you know, probably did too much. Mm-hmm. So I ate a little bit more. Yeah. But it was okay. Right. Like I went over calories that day. But one day, you know, out of the grand you know, scheme of things, it's not like I was doing it every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my weight would fluctuate a little bit. But, even, you know, eventually it just came back down. So it's like... I don't know. I'd rather diet than shock my body 24 hours before I'm supposed to fight. Exactly. When my body's already in that, you know, that diet mode, so to speak. Right. Like it's, it's really no difference other than, oh, hey, now we're going to peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Yeah. Now I'm going to do really well. Yeah. Because now I'm introducing things in a good way. Right. And like adding the carbs in, you know, the 24 hours before where I'm going to use that later. Right. You know, or that loaf and a half of bread I ate at lunch. Right. You know, bounce. Made yeah. a salad with it. Yeah, and it's like they're so scared to, uh, like diet and because they'll get weaker throughout their camps or whatever like that. I'm like, um, one, you're probably not doing it right. Uh, two, you think you're not going to be weak from just cutting water and almost fainting on the scale? So you think you'd just like replenish in a day? That's not going to happen. You're you're messing with your body so much where you're going dehydration your body's going like what the hell happening to okay here's a bunch of liquid and electrolytes and then you're expecting it to perform to peak performance no yeah it's a weird thing it 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 blows my mind but it's just you know and then you you get a lot of people who even you know they have nutrition nutritionists i'm using quotes here right and they're okay with them you know cutting 10 15 pounds in water Mm -mm. i'm like no I mean, like, I came in light because I was... Because you were scared to eat. <laughs> I'm one of those... I, I will... I will. 
the day I miss weight yeah. is the day I lose the like that that it's unprofessional. Right. And even as an amateur, I conduct myself as a professional. I'm, right. Weight will never be an issue for me. Mm-hmm. If it, I'm close to it, then yeah, I would be vocal and say, "Hey, I can't make that weight. I need to go." You know, what I mean. But and you know, obviously, I was fighting up a weight class compared to what I normally do, so like mm-hmm. I didn't have to cut any water or anything. But the day of, you know, I had two hard-boiled eggs and I had coffee, which is a lot more than I normally would do. Right. But it was still like, oh, I don't like, you know, you never know how the scale is going to be. Right. So I remember I stepped on the scale and the commission, the guy from the commission was like, you're really late. I'm like, is that an issue? I'm like, I can go eat. Give me like five minutes. Yeah, I'll not, go eat something. <laughs> I'll go eat something. He's like, no, you're good. I'm like, then cool. Yeah. No, I don't care. Like, I felt good. Yeah. And, you know, I'd rather do that than, because there's some fighters too that eat like fried food right after. I'm like, how does your stomach not mm-hmm. hurt? I'm like, you're about to, like, you're putting a bunch of fat and stuff. Like, I had to be careful eating turkey pepperoni because I had yeah. too much fat in it, and that bothered my stomach. Or um, even having a little bit of dairy with, like, yogurt and stuff, I had to stop doing that yeah. because I hadn't had dairy for so long. Like, there are certain things I just don't mess with. And, yeah. like, I continue, I mean, I add in some, like, extra carbs, but, like, I'm not going nuts after weigh-ins mm-hmm. that's for after the fight then i can celebrate then i can you know my girl's got cookies and stuff like that i need that junk food but like i've seen people eat french fries and pizza and stuff after weigh-ins yeah and it's I'm like, too much no i'm like how are you not gonna like just explode yeah i mean it's it's, it's that it's the same thing um i don't sound like a broken record talk about bodybuilding but that's what i was in and that's how i can compare it whereas uh, when I had a coach, you know, we dieted all the way up to the show, and before I went on stage, here, eat this fried chicken, eat this burger. I'm like, huh? I know you're trying to shock the body, but what? I was like, why would I be dieting this whole time, and then at the last minute, just throw this stuff in it? That doesn't it never made sense to me. So my philosophy was always been like, stick with which with what you were on. You know, with you've been eating this way the whole time. Why switch it up now? It's the same thing. Like, you know, when I was training for marathons, you don't do anything different on race day than you did with your practice runs. Yeah. And it's the same thing with fighting. Why change it up on fight day compared to your regular sparring day? Like, yeah. the time that we went on, it was our normal, like, sparring time. So mm-hmm. I'm like, this is just like sparring. Yeah. So I treated my day like a regular normal day. Like, I even went and did a morning workout the day of the fight. Like, real light intensity, but it's like my body's used to doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. I change it right so i went down instead of running i went i did like a little walk run thing and did some shadow boxing and stretching and stuff but it's like i still got myself like worked up and had a sweat but it's like my body note like i know what my body needs and that's you know i need to do a little bit of cardio in the morning and mm-hmm. treat it just like anything else i wanted to perform the exact same way i was doing felt great in sparring so keep it the same yeah talk more about um your the nasm thing that you're doing yeah, so um, back uh, Black Friday, they were having a big sale for a uh, certified personal trainer mm-hmm. certificate thing. Um, I've been that's been floating around in my mind for a while, but price was kind of part of the reason. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm not looking to you know start like a personal training regime or any or clients or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I wanted it for kind of two reasons. One, I was I was just interested. Like I like learning, and I wanted. You know, I'm one of those people that wants to go out and learn, so why not take a course and get right. certified at the same time? Um, but at the same time, being an instructor, there are certain times, like, yes, we're doing squats and, you know, more strength and conditioning type of stuff. 
um, along with martial arts. So I wanted to have something that kind of backed that up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was trained to do it this way and that's why, like, you know, have something that kind of says, you know, yes, I have experience as a martial artist, but oh, hey, here's also this certificate here if I ever did like pad work with someone. Right. So I can offer that as well. So I just wanted to be, I don't know, I just wanted more certification. I wanted more. Um, right. I mean, it only helps you and it also covers your ass. Yeah, you know, and that's if the something thing. were to happen. Right. And that's the thing. That's what I wanted. I wanted something that, you know, oh, well, I got hurt doing this. Well, this is how they taught me how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that removes some of the liability, but it also provides, um, I can't think of the word I want to use. Um, just that extra bit, 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 bit of like recognition to, to myself. Mm-hmm. Like Sean has, you know, black belts and everything. Right. And he's taking courses, you know, a lot of different courses for, um, instruction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of like my, my way of kind of rounding myself out. Like, yes, I'm a professional fighter, but I also made sure that I went through a course and trained on certain things. Right. Um, same thing with like Muay Thai. Like I'm a certified Muay Thai trainer under the Ministry of Thailand. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going through, like I have certificates of things. And I just, you know, build things to build my credentials. Right. Um, so that's what the main reason of doing that. Um, I'm not going to like leave you or, you know, you know, start my own strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. That's just I'm not too worried about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to you in a day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's why I was doing that. And I take my test um, next Friday, which is online, which is really cool. Is that like the overall, the overall? Okay. So that's the actual, like I've I've taken like, so I did the guided study. So like it forces you to read, you know, the, you know, whatever chapters for each week and you Mm -hmm. do a discussion question, you do activity along with it and you take a quiz and they have a midterm and a final. And after that, that's when you, and I mean, you could fail the whole thing if you really wanted to Mm -hmm. and then go take the test. But I paid a little bit extra. So I had that. So, cause I knew I needed that that structure right otherwise i'd be reading the book and just nothing would be processing the, the same way so i went with that and then you can schedule your exam really at any point and they usually suggest within like two weeks of ending the course for me it's a little bit longer because i didn't want to take it before the fight and i didn't want to take it the week after the fight in case yeah, right you know sometimes your your brain gets a little bit shook so i settled for uh the ninth is when I'm taking it in the morning. So I'm going to be, you know, studying the rest of the week and just kind of refreshing myself with everything. Yeah. But I did pretty well on the, on the, on their final. So I'm not crazy worried. Yeah. And along with the guys study, you also get an automatic retake if you need it. So. Right. Doing that. And, you know, from there, like I have to keep, you know, continue education credits. So I think the next one I'm going to do is, um, for youth sports. Yeah. So I can use it with the kids in class because mm-hmm. they all struggle with like push ups and things like that. So, and kids are not just mini adults. They're, you know, they have to train a little bit different too. Right. Um, so I'm looking at like doing things like that, maybe nutrition, mm-hmm. just, you know, things that, I mean, they interest me. Like I like, yeah. I really like that stuff. So why not, you know, learn about it? No, exactly. You know, and everyone learns different too. You, you know, like I couldn't even tell you, I think I had like three or four of those kind of certifications. Um, and the one I actually went to school for, I went to Vegas and all that kind of stuff, which is fun. But uh, I don't think I learned more than I did like through experience and YouTube videos, like following like um, some power lifters that the guys that have been in it, guys have, that have squatted like over a thousand pounds and stuff like that, like showing like mobility and all these different things and um 
And that's a weird thing too. Is just like guys like that. You think, oh, they just lift stuff up and put it down, dude. They know about stretching. They know about mobility. They know about flexibility. It's it's so much stuff. But um, now I attribute that to like even though, like you, you learn different than me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I learned the basics from those from those tests and stuff like that, and they got me a job in the gym. But uh, once I was in the gym and I was trying to do that stuff. A person came along, say like a pregnant woman came, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know how to." There's legitimately like two page, like maybe two pages on that in that entire textbook, right? And it's just like, um, and they tell you a couple things you can and can't do. So mm-hmm. I did that, you know, and it ended up working out for me. But still, it doesn't go in depth with certain things. And I've I've gotten to train from ages like twelve to what was the dude like almost ninety. Like it's, it's been wild, but no, for you, I mean, that's great because then you just learn, especially for training yourself. Yeah. And there's the last stuff that I learned from that. Like a lot of the stuff I've learned from you already. So I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Like going through the book and stuff. Um, and then certain things like on stretching, like you don't want to do like the, like the stag stretching before you're going to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Before you work out or do something explosive. I'm like, Mm -hmm. man, I've been doing that before on my flights. That who knows how much power that took from me. Do dynamic stretching. So that's why I started switching to his dynamic stretching. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because if you think about it, like before I spar, I'm doing another class, which is more right. dynamic. So it's like, I'm not doing stretching then, but, um, before the fight and stuff, I was making sure I was doing, you know, more of like a more tie warm up where it's dynamic and it's getting things loose and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I look back to other fights, I'm like, man, what if I, I could have had so much more power? Who knows how much power, you know, you lose, but it, like little things like that. Like, that's mm-hmm. why I found really interesting. Um, and like you said, like the, the, these types of programs essentially get you a job in the gym. Mm-hmm. And, but a lot of it is, you know, you have to build up your own experience. And a lot of it's like, I've learned from you and I've actually started following more like bodybuilder influencers on Instagram, yeah. which I think is different than a lot of fighters do. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of fighters look at weightlifting as, Oh, I'm going to get too bulky and I'm going to get bulky. I'm going to get yeah. slow. Mm-hmm. But we both know, well, that's if you train that way. If you tra- right. I mean, for me, I love weightlifting. I probably mm-hmm. weightlift more than most fighters do. I'm weightlifting five or six times a week. Right. You know, I train differently. It's not like I'm doing powerlifting all the time, right. but I enjoy weightlifting. Like that mm-hmm. to me is therapeutic. It is. But I've also built up a lot more strength mm-hmm. in the past year doing that kind of stuff. Right. So I think that's a lot different because I'll, you know, oh, well, I'll do, I'll do my deadlifts and I'll do you know bench, but that's all I'm doing. Why? Like, <laughs> or. Oh, now that I went up a weight class, I can do more weightlifting. No, if you weightlift, you burn more calorie. Like, yeah, it's silly. I think another thing too, um, especially in the MMA community, what I see a lot is a lot of the uh, functional stuff. Um, you know, they talk about like deadlift or squat or bench press not being functional. It's like you got to add some weird sideways step to it, or you got to add some weird thing to it. You know, some rotation. Or something like that. And I think, yeah, if you do it as like a power lifter, yeah, you're going to, your body's going to, like for me, um, I'm not very functional. But it's because I do those movements all the time. You know what I mean? But it's like when I'm training you, I'm constantly, I do different variations. Mm-hmm. You know, so then that way we're hitting different parts of the same muscle, you know, or... um we're working on your strength when you throw a punch or when you like uh rotation just throwing a ball coming around your shoulder or something like that um 
just different things like that. But I think just training functional um, is not going to do a lot. You know what I mean? I think you do need to add some like weight training in there. And I think you need to mix it up. I think doing one thing a lot isn't good for anything, no matter what you're doing. You know, I think you need to do a little bit of everything and stick your um, stick your toe in the water, you know, every little pond. Yeah, like I know, like, and like we switched things up, I think, this fight camp a little bit. Not greatly, but, you know, we changed things up yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to, you know, because we knew we had the time and, you know, there were some weaknesses from the past fight. Um, and normally we would train together twice a week, but we stuck to it once a week. Mm-hmm. And then I had a different program going on during the week. And I think that really helped balance a lot of things out. That and I've done a significant more amount of weightlifting since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I'm working from home, right. so now that I'm not driving three hours a day, mm-hmm. I'm spending more of that time weightlifting. So that's, I've been able to build a better base going into that fight camp too. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think – I think fighters don't – I think there's a lot of misconceptions about weightlifting. Yeah. And I think you'd, you'd probably see healthier fighters if they weightlifted more. I think you would. Because they wouldn't have to be cutting all this weight. Right. Like, I mean, like, the weight literally melted off of me, and I was I was ready within eight weeks. Right. Like, I could have gone down to the next weight class if and I you were lift, to. And you were still lifting heavy. Yeah. Like, I still felt, I felt, I've never felt stronger. Where Probably was, heavier than you have in the past. Yeah. I mean, I PR'd on my deadlift. Right. And I know, I mean, we did more reps for, like, bench and stuff, but I mm-hmm. know, like, if I were to, I know at some point during the fight camp, I was, I think I did bench by myself, and I was like, oh. I think that, like, I tied, like, my PR or something like right. that. So it's, like, I don't know. I think we, we have a, a good a good balance of what I do. Yeah. Like, I did not feel like I overtrained at all during this camp. Right. Like I said, one or two days here and there. But overall, like, I had my cardio down. I had my weightlifting down. And then my other drilling, just kind of class and sparring stuff. I never felt like I was, like, dying and sparring. Yeah. Because I had done too much of something else. Yeah. So how would you, how do you decompress like after a fight? You know what I mean? Like your adrenaline has been through the roof. You know, you're worried about taking souls and killing people. And like, how do you just like, okay, you know, just let it go and just come back to like your center, you know? I don't know. Like this one, this one was a lot different. Like. I think because it was 12 weeks now, we did 12 weeks of say like a weight cut, but I would say like we did a true like seven week fight camp. Like we got real, we, most of January and the start of February was more kind of just building a base. Right. But Sean also knew like he didn't need, he didn't need me burning out before the fight. Mm -hmm. Um, and going into fight week, I was like, okay, like I'm ready. Like say this fight got pushed back two weeks. I think that would kind of like mentally mess with me a little bit just Mm -hmm. because it was a little bit longer. Um, whereas like other fights are like, you know, you get mashed up like seven weeks, six, seven weeks before you fight. So half the time. So this one I was kind of ready, like, okay, like, you know, like it's fight week, like I'm ready to go. Like it's, it's, it's time. But this is the first time that I'm like, okay, what's next? Yeah. You know, like I'm, it, I don't feel like I needed to decompress quite as much. Okay. Um, like I'm looking forward to just getting myself back to my regular routine um, then I have a grappling match coming up, uh, at the end of May. So that's something else for me to look forward to. That's not necessarily, um, a true like fight camp, fight camp, but mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, something to work on and work towards 
um, and have kind of in the horizon. So that's part of it. Um, I mean, this fight, you know, even like going back to the hotel afterwards, I had that energy drink and I was just like so awake. And so I started picking through the fight in my head. Um, and then we had a whole, you know, almost 20 hour car ride home the next day. Yeah. So it was kind of a lot of like, I got to be in my head a little bit more so than I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just kind of relaxing just, you know, I definitely felt way more relaxed the next day where we were just kind of going from Harley dealership to Harley dealership on the way out. Right, right. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, my coach collects Harley Davidson poker chips and each dealership has their own unique poker chips. So we spent going down and going back up, hitting all the Harley dealerships that we could. Um, <laughs> we got to go on Disney Springs, so like I kind of went to Disney. Yeah, a little bit. You know, we literally ran into Harley and ran back out, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of Disney. Yeah, you should have went to Everglazed. Heather texted me that. Oh my gosh. I don't know. We went past some place. It smelled like bacon. It smelled so good. Oh. I feel like they just pump all those smells in there. Yeah. But we were, we we had to get back on the road because there was an accident and then we ended up going to Daytona Beach. So I can now say I went to Daytona Beach without really going to Daytona Beach. Right. You know, I went past the speedway, took some pictures in the car. Is what it is. It made a good. It makes for good stories. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So like I. I just you know that was kind of a relaxing. The drive really wasn't that bad. We mm-hmm. rented the van. The van was comfortable. Um. You know we got to joke around a lot. Like it was because we drove down and we had you know Jamie in the car too. Like it wasn't so like fight fight fight. But we got to like yeah, joke around relaxing. and hang out. Yeah. And we had you know we had a good group of people down there. So like Leanne and Sam. Um. My friends from Nashville, they came down. So it's like we had like a small group down there. Edwin came down too. And we got to just kind of like, we would do takeout dinners and we just hang out by the pool. Yeah. And it was just very relaxing, even like the day before the fight. And a nice weather too. Yeah, nice weather helped too. Yeah. It was 80, 90 degree days. Low humidity, surprisingly. Yeah. Like it wasn't too bad. But it was just like it had more of a relaxing feel to it than, we, than what we normally would have. Mm-hmm. Um, So that was nice too. And like you kind of kept that scene like, family feel going back up for another day yeah because we had that drive and then um you know i took the day off that monday off of work and then i got to come here and do ultra feast breakfast with heather yeah which i didn't eat again until like six o'clock that night because i had so much food yeah i felt so gross yeah i know i kind of looked at i was like damn like they just she just ate all that like so, Leanne's husband Sam. I would have done the same thing. Leanne's but. husband Sam only sees me after fights mm-hmm. when I'm eating like a lot. Yeah. And so he's just so mesmerized by how much I can eat in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, trust me, like this is not normal for me. It's just you know, po- <laughs> you know, week post fight, that's when I get to you know, right? You know, eating stuff. But he's always amazing. He's like, you can eat whole rack of ribs and you can do this because I've been getting like when we went to Cracker Barrel the day that we left, I got like whatever the sampler thing was. And I was, you know, just, I stopped talking and I was just eating and I was like inhaling the food. And I looked up at one point, everyone else was done and just staring at me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm almost done. <laughs> I'm good. But like that, yeah, I I think I inhaled breakfast that Monday. Yeah. But you guys, you know, and being able to, to come see you guys and watch the reaction video, you guys made me cry. Knowing that, you know, my yeah. step nieces and nephews and stuff were cheering for me. and Yeah. Tom holding Daisy and yeah, it was fun. It was a it was a good night, you know. Not knowing what to expect though, that sucks. Yeah. You know, going into your fights and stuff like 
And we're just like, okay, what which side of Becca's gonna be coming out? Like, is she gonna be coming out hard? What's gonna happen? You know. And then once you came out, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> here we go. You know. And um, yeah, I nah, was crazy. Yeah, and like this fight was a little bit different because it it was kind of the same feeling I had before my first amateur fight of like my first amateur fight. My thought was like, what if I get hit? And I and and I can't, I just can't take it. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I didn't get hit hard enough in sparring? Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, in that first amateur fight, I got hit. And I was like, all right, we're good. good Let, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And it was kind of like, not I was worried about getting hit, but, like, there was a lot of, like, what ifs. Like, we didn't know exactly, like, how she was going to come out, yeah. for example. So it was always in my back of my mind, like, like what if what if I didn't prepare? What if I didn't do this? Or, you know, so I was, you know, not nervous. Nervous means something to me, implies something bad. Right. But there was still that kind of, like, what if in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, like, the relief of just being done. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I was proud of my submission and everything, but it was, over. like, it was, like, that whole, like, you, you, it's almost like your you know, your muscles are so tense and then you're relaxed. Right. You're like, okay, we did there it. There was, like, this crazy, and that's why, like, you know, they're like, how do you feel? I'm like, this is, like, surreal. Yeah. It's, like, it just, it was, like, a weight had been completely lifted off me. Like, I went in there, I accomplished my goal, and, you know, looking, obviously, now, you know, you know, I won and everything and looking towards the future of like another fight and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a comfortable position right now where I'm like really looking forward to it. Um, but I know like going into it, I'll probably, you know, there's always some sort of nerve or something, yeah. but like I feel more confident in myself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I think I, I needed, I was, you know, maybe a little bit unsure, Yeah. but you know, looking into the future that, you know, we're, you know, I'm ready to take on the next challenge. But again, I'm also sitting at a very comfortable point where I'm, it's easy to say that. Right. You know, that's something that David Goggins always talks about is, you know, it's, it's easy to say, you know, something when you're comfortable and well-fed and mm-hmm. warm and everything like that versus, you know, actually being in it. Right. So we'll see. And that's the fun part about fighting is like, you never know. Oh, yeah. And, you know, your, your underdog can always win and, mm-hmm. you know, anything can always happen. Right. Um, so what advice... Would you give someone to, not even someone, maybe like um, a young girl that wants to, that's coming up, you know, that wants to fight or anyone that wants to fight, you know, what advice would you give them kind of going into it? And it could be about anything, like what you need physically, what you need mentally, um, any type of those things. You suck, train harder. Yeah. Like be, be realistic with yourself. You can always, you, you can always push more. You yeah. can always do more. You suck, mm-hmm. train harder. I think a lot of people get, I don't know, too many compliments. Yeah. Like even even in our gym, like if someone tells me good job, I'm like no, no, tell me I suck. Tell me yeah. I train harder. Like that's that's motivating. That's motivating to me. That's you know I don't you know. But don't don't get comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you get complacent, and that's why like. I know, like, looking at my fights and looking at it, even though I won, like, I'm very critical of it. I'm not happy with it. Yeah. I'm happy for it for about 30 seconds. I mm-hmm. won. But then I go back and I need to look at it and go, well, we messed up here, messed up here. And, you know, there's room, so much more room for improvement. And the day that I don't see that is the day I'm done. Yeah. You know, that's the way I look at it. But you suck train harder. Yeah, I think I think the same way. You know, I think people need to be more humble. I think... You know, uh, people look at the UFC too much. You know, I think, you know, coming up, they, they look at the UFC, they think they got to act that way. I'm like, bro, you're not selling tickets like they are. Like, yeah, 
Like acting like that is not going to help you sell that in this. Who are you? Part of, exactly. That's what people are going to say. And even looking at myself, I know I'm, I'm a nobody. I haven't, I haven't, you know, there's no big name. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. and I hope I, you know, that's something that I hope to always have. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that makes you train a little bit harder. Right. To, you know, can always continue to improve yourself. But it's like, especially on the regional scene. Even if you're for like a big, you know, regional promotion or right. something, you're still a nobody. Right. Until you're a UFC champ, you're a nobody. Right, exactly. You know. Everyone wants to pull that Conor McGregor trash talk kind of facade. But he was already, you know, top in his weight division. He, I don't like trash talking, but yeah. he definitely has an art to it. He does it well. Right. And that's the thing. Like, everyone thinks they have to be like that. You don't. Just be yourself. Stop being fake. Right. You know, like, I know I can't trash talk. Like, that's just... That's yeah. not in my nature. Right. You know, and I, I don't think trash talking is a good good thing for me to do because I do have, you know, kids that look up to me. Yeah. And I'm not going to trash talk in front of them and teach them that that's okay. Yeah. The martial artist in me says don't do that, you know. Anytime I think about it, I just kind of giggle. Like. Yeah, it's like my biggest thing is, and it stuck with me my whole life. Like one time my dad just told me, like, act like you've been there. You know what I mean? I was like, so he's like. Even though you've never done it before, just act like it. You know, have some class to yourself. Because then people are going to see that and be like, oh, wow. Like, he just did all this or she just did all this. And she doesn't even, it doesn't bother. She's not like flaunting it, flaunting it around and being cocky. and. It's like the people that jump up on the cage. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I know you're excited, but let's calm down. <laughs> yeah, like for me, like I did my double bicep. But yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that was like, I was looking back on Man, do I really need to do that? No, no, I don't think that was bad. But I still look back and like, yeah, you know, like I still question myself because like I don't, I don't, like you said, like, and that's why I had it back in my mind. Act like you've been there. If yeah. I was in the reverse position, I'd be like, you know, yeah. you know there's there, there's been you know fighters and stuff that do you know dances and they get you know they get all into it, which is like yeah, I get you're excited, but at the same time, right. there's a fine line between being excited and being a little much. Yeah, because I'm sure I'm sure Hope Chase probably saw your arms and was looking at hers, and she's like, "Damn, <laughs> she's cut." She's I cut. thought mine were big. She is cut. I'll give yeah. her that. Yeah, but you know, I had a good. I mean, I had a good weight cut. I did a lot of strength training. Yeah, I earned those big B ham arms. Right. You know, I gotta catch up to you. That's a you got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> So what's so what's what are you doing now? Like outside of fighting, outside of training, you know what I mean? What are your things that people wouldn't think that you do? So I actually had this conversation with Larry going uh, right before we left. We were going to pick up the rental car, and people ask me what my hobbies are. I'm like, you don't have I, any. I don't have any. <laughs> I work, I train, and I teach. Like like the, like that's it. Like no. I, on Saturdays, I have you know Heather and I hang out. Yeah, that it, I, we nap, we cook. Yeah. You listen you know, to Harry Potter podcasts or whatever it is. Yeah, what I you mean, listen to. Well, I listen. Well, I listen to a bunch of like comedy podcasts and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But like, I'll listen to you know, I listen to Harry Potter audiobook on the way audiobook, down to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I use it to fall asleep because the voices are British and stuff. <laughs> but like we, and, you know, like I, I don't. Not to say I don't have hobbies. It's just my hobbies are fighting, and fighting kind of takes up, you know. Yeah. 75% of everything else that I do, like, I enjoy running, and running will always be, like, my first love. Right. Where, like, martial arts is, like, my true love. But now I run 
to to help with martial arts or I weightlift to help with martial arts. Right. Um, and, that, and I think that's what it is. I think everything that you do kind of like revolves around martial arts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you're running, weightlifting, um, even doing the NASM thing yeah. can help you some way. You but all I mean? com- it all comes back to one thing. Right. And I don't know. Like that's what I feel like. What are your hobbies? I'm like, I like fight. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like Food. Yeah. Food and puppies. Like I have Daisy. My little nugget. Like. But even she's like she's so low maintenance, you know. For a is dog, she? I don't know. Depends <laughs> on what she's peeing in the house. I mean, not here. She's not. I don't know. She's got attitude. She got she she has the attitude for both of us. Yeah. But like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't. I mean, my, and that's the whole that goes back to the whole schedule thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you know, like I said, on a weekend, like I'm either doing you know some sort of like Amazon driving yeah. as like my little side hustle thing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I'll go up to my brother's. Like, before um, fight camp, I was up there usually every, like, Friday or Saturday, and I'd have dinner up there. Yeah. You know? It was, like, almost like a ritual thing. Like, I'd go up there and hang out with them. Yeah. But, you know, after the fight, I'm like, oh, man, I miss I miss my niece and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. she's the kid. The kid's hilarious. She's my mini-me. Do they talk about fighting a lot with you? They do. Especially, like, when I'm, I'm getting ready for a fight. Like, they have, okay. have, like, a little watch party and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went up there on Monday. And I asked Sunny, my niece, that's two and a half, and I was like, did you watch Ampaca fight? She, no. My sister, I'm like, oh, yes, you did. <laughs> no. She was saying that, like, she was like, she saw me, but once everyone started getting, like, all hyped up and we started fighting, she was kind of like, what, what's going on? Yeah, what just happened? Because right. I, you know, I'm not allowed to teach her how to punch or kick yet, because the kid would probably punch and kick everything. And yeah. The kid's built like a brick house. Like, she's mini Becca. Yeah. She looks like me, too, which is nice. That's funny. Um, but you know, I'm not allowed to teach her how to do, you know, kicks and stuff yet. Cause she'll probably end up kicking the dogs or something Yeah. or the chickens or, you know, they have a whole menagerie up there. But like, you know, my family's always been really supportive. Like my mom came down to the fight, um, with her fiance. So mm-hmm. it was, it was nice to have some family down there. Um, but like my dad's always been supportive. Like the whole family has been, my granddad's the only one that goes, why do you like doing this? I'm like, granddad, cause I like, I'm like, I like it. Yes, but what if you get hurt? I'm like, then I get hurt. Yeah. You know, it's to me, it's worth it. You can get hurt doing anything. Exactly. He's like, but you can get kicked and there should be a blood clot. And I don't know what his, his thinking is to it, but it, it's funny. But, you know, even on like, you know, my cousins and stuff, they watch the fight um, on my dad's side. Um, so it's nice that like seeing, I had this conversation with Heather. I'm like, I felt so loved because like I'm getting, you know, texts from like, Pam and Penny and, yeah. you know, that they're watching the fight and that you had, you know, the nieces and nephews over. And then, you know, Kersey's calling me at Becca and, you know, Nika calls me at Becca and stuff like that. And knowing that, like, um, your parents watched the fight. Yeah. Your non-violent parents watched that fight, right. which is really cool. Um, your brother watched it. Like, mm-hmm. knowing how many people, you know, I just felt so loved. Like, I'm like, this is nuts. Yeah. And, like, th- these are the people that I care about. Yeah. You know, the people like that I consider family mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not related by blood, but you guys mean so much more to me than that. Right. And that's why I cry. Like when I saw the reaction video, I'm like, they love me. They really yeah. love me. You know, that my Sally Field moment. Because it's fun, too, because it also makes everyone feel a part of something. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, you're the one in there doing that. But I feel like everyone feels like they play a part somehow, some way. And they do. And. So damn Instagram 
only gives you so many characters to write captions and stuff. Right. Had I been able to write the thank you that I wanted to on Instagram, it would have expounded on that more. But it was like, I go in there and I go fight. Mm -hmm. But everyone is in there with me. Everyone has helped me in some sort of a way that, you know, I, me getting there would not be possible without not just the team and sparring partners and coaches, but the family that surrounds and supports me. Yeah. Like I know you and Heather are my biggest fans. Right. You know, that without a doubt, I don't have to question that. And it's like knowing that, you know, I have that core group that, you know, win, lose or draw, they're going to be there for me. Right. You know, it's not, you know, I'm getting cheered on only when I'm doing well, but Mm -hmm. when I need to improve, you know, things like that. Like that's where I know, like I have a good core and I have a base to fall back on and keep me grounded. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can ask for. You know, because that's going to keep you going further than, you know, anything else. Oh, for sure. And keep me, remind me, keep me humble. You know, and that's the other thing I appreciate about, you know, coming out of Delaware Dragon Martial Arts is that you suck trained harder. It's, you know, there's no ego there. Oh, you're the best, Becca. I don't think anyone's ever even said that. No. (laughs) No, Sean said that he was proud of me. And that, you know, that means the world to me. Yeah. But it's not, you know, and then, you know, a couple cla- you know, couple days later, all right, let's start picking this apart. Let's yep. watch this fight and pick it apart. Yeah. You know, it's time to improve. You know, we get a couple of days to enjoy it, and then, you know, it's right back to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll never be, oh, you did great. There's nothing to improve on. Right. You get stale that way. You get complacent, and that's when you get knocked out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what every athlete needs, you know. It's, again, too many people getting that – um have those yes people. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know? Like if you're surrounded by yes people, you're, you're stunting your own growth. Yeah. And yeah, yes people are nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice being told that you're great or, you know, that you did something well and stuff like that. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, it's not realistic. It's a bubble, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why, you know, like, you know, I, you know, Sean's in my corner and Sean has no, yeah, you know, there's no issue calling me out on my, on my bull. Like, right. If I start getting no, 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 let's knock you down a minute. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And it keeps me centered. Yeah. And I think you know, there's some fighters that don't have that, and it's a pity they don't have that. Yeah. Because you need people that are gonna challenge you, and tell you no, and tell you you suck, train harder. Right. And that's why that's you know that's why I always go back to is you suck, train harder. Yeah. Don't don't tell me good job. Right. You can tell me that after I perform, but, you know, in training, you suck training harder. Yeah. Or good job, but Is that uh, got to cr- do this, this, and this. That's why Sean and Larry, they have kind of the critique sandwich a little bit. Yeah. It's more of an open face sandwich where yeah, you yeah. get a little bit of good and then we get critique. Yeah. But, you know, it's the balance in it. You know, you get that good cop, bad cop between the two of them. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, like when I was younger, I hated being critiqued, you know, but then... um because you know how parents are. They want to tell you everything you did wrong right after the game. Yeah. I'm like, just shut up. Like, let's talk tomorrow or something. You know what I mean? But now, like, no one can tell me something that I haven't told myself a hundred times. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, because now, like, my, my family, like, they're always like, good job. You know, I'm proud of you. I'm like, for what? I didn't do anything. Like, I haven't done anything. Why are you proud of me? It, it's one of those. It's like, well, that was my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Right? Like, I think uh, when Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey, mm. all the you know the entire corner was 
cheering and yelling and you have Greg Jackson like this is you know calm down this is part of the plan this is all part of the plan yeah and I think that's that's a great way to look at it is like yeah I went out there and I did what I was supposed to do and um yes I mean not only it's, that it's all part of the plan you not know? only that too like they psyched her they psyched Ronda Rousey out by not trash talking back yeah they didn't engage with her and that's, right. and that's Holly like that's the way she conducts herself mm-hmm. she's very classy she's not gonna sit there and preacher's know, daughter yeah she's you know even at weigh-ins like when I saw the weigh-ins I was like Holly's got her yeah like just mentally she was she she didn't know what to do without someone else like trash talking back to her oh yeah yeah and Holly was just Holly was Holly that's why I forgot to ask you what do you think about Misha Tate coming back oh yeah we found out so that we were actually in the car right down when mm-hmm. that happened that's interesting because when she fought um, Raquel Pennington, that was, I think, her last fight. Mm-hmm. And I think even in the corner, she was like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Like, she didn't have the fight in her. Uh, I know she's done some interviews since then, kind of talking about, she, I guess she was in a dark place. Um, it's interesting. I think against Mary Renault, that's an even fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Misha Tate's got some good wrestling. Mary Renault is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, I think... Kind of got Misha Tate on this one. If she comes in with a good mindset. Yeah. I mean, so I'm she, sure she's been training this whole time. It's not like she stopped training. And that's the thing. Like, even yeah. like, because I think she has two kids now. Mm-hmm. She's always been training in between. So I don't right. think she really ever fell out of it. And I think, you know, people who are martial artists, like, you, you just don't fall out of it. Like, you yeah. just don't stop fighting. Oh, yeah. You're training or whatever. And, like, that's the, how I feel. Like, even, you know, eventually whenever I retire, like, it's not going to, like, stop. Right. I'm going to keep training. You know, it's going to be, my focus is going to be different, you know? Yeah. Um, and you also see a lot of fighters who are parents or recently new parents, they Mm -hmm. fight a little different, Yeah, you know, because they're they're fighting for something a little bit more. Um, I'm interested to see that's, I think when's their fight, July 17th or 10th. July something, yeah. So I think it's around like the international fight week. So that should be a good one. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of eyes on that one with Misha Tate coming back. Yeah. That'd be huge. I mean, I don't know. I think she has a good chance. Yeah. Because I think she's got some really solid wrestling. She's gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And it's a comeback. Like, she don't want to look bad. Yeah. So. And and this is Mary Reno's last, uh, I think, fight on her contract. And I think she's on, like, a two-fight skid. Okay. Two or three fight. Um, so I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a good matchup. I don't think, you know, either one's going to get particularly outclassed by the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, I bet you, I think it's going to go three rounds. I think it's going to be a good, like, three-round, like, war kind of a fight. Yeah. So, I think there's going to be a decent amount of stand-up, but I think there's going to be a lot of grappling. Yeah. Because Misha Tate can, like, she's a good wrestler. She comes out of Extreme Couture. Um, she's been posting some really good training videos. And that's when Larry was like, yeah, I think she might come make a comeback. I was like, nah, she said she retired. Right. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me to be a liar. So, it, when she came back, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. But... I don't know. Anything else you want to throw in here? So since I didn't get a chance to thank all of my sponsors, uh, my post-fight speech was relatively quick. Um, just, you know, everyone that bought the pay-per-view came down to watch the fight, you know, from the very bottom of my heart, thank you. Um, you guys have always been my corner from the start with Strong Tower ath- you know, Athletics and Nutrition and Podcast. Um, so everyone that has helped me get down, you know, my sponsors that helped me, I physically actually get down to the fight. It was definitely a long, long drive to get there and, you know, pay for most of the, you know, travel and stuff out of pocket and hotels and stuff. So just, you know, 
trust me, everyone, you know, I, I could feel the love and I felt every single person in the cage and I just want to say thank you to everyone. Yeah. And thank you to everyone that's followed her and got her Instagram up because I was watching your followers just go up. I was yeah. like, that's so weird. I've been getting new followers all the time. Like I'm almost to a thousand. I know. I'm not nearly close to like other people, but you know, right. it's like less than 75 more now. So giraffe underscore MMA, not giraffe underscore Mima, but if you want to call me giraffe Mima, that's cool too. <laughs> All right, we're out.